Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 184 of the Hawks Talk podcast and all things Atlanta Hawks podcast, hosted by two lifelong Hawks fans. As always, I am Jackson, joined today by my lovely co-host, Logan. Logan, how are you, my man? Mm, little mini podcast vacation, little mini uh, actual work vacation, and then I come back and Jalen Johnson died, Kirby Smart lied, it was, it was <laughs> all sorts of bad things. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we should go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, it was announced this morning that after an injury sustained last night against the Wizards, in which, uh, honestly, Logan, I feel like it'd be fair to label it a disgusting act by Kyle Kuzma. Um, mm. Jalen Johnson was, I mean, it's fair to say he's basically going to be out for all of January. I mean, December, right? Not January. December. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, if if we can get him in time for like... I don't know, but by, by before January 10th, it'd be a good thing, which I mean, classic doesn't this happen every year. It's always December, December, some shit always goes wrong for us. And this time it's, uh, arguably our, well, not, not even arguably this year. He's been our third best player, I'd say. Um, and I mean, I don't know about you. I don't know about everyone else, but probably the, the, the only Hawks player that is just universally loved, like that nobody has a single bad thing to say about him because he's just been playing so well. Uh, doing everything well and you know unfortunately he was you know injuries are going to happen and unfortunately he happened to be the first one of ours to go actually january 13th we have a rematch against the wizards so maybe he can get some get back then um just, oh, just i was thinking about some other type of get back for the hawks but i probably shouldn't say that on a podcast you know i'm just saying no i no. i i did in fact mean uh attacking kyle kuzma with the malice and and an, okay. and and an aggression that is uh that would make adam silver's bald head whimper that doesn't make sense but you you know what i mean um well he doesn't seem to be too uh too focused on punishing players right now Mm. (laughs) man 15 game suspension for josh giddy all right well there you go there's the first time we referenced it hopefully yeah that probably won't be the last but yeah anyways they they really they really need to make sure no hawks player ever gets caught with that one because it's just and it's just a just a gross, awful thing for a person to to, you know, you guys know what I'm saying. But secondly, because if a Hawks player got caught doing a Wander Franco, doing a Josh Giddy, doing a Carl Malone, I don't know how we'd handle it, Jackson. I think our our imp- instinct would be to like make fun of it, but like that also be our player. Um, if I mean, I'm just knocking on wood that nothing like that ever happens. Just just a terrible, disgusting thing. But. Uh, yeah, innocent until proven guilty, guys. But um, this, this podcast is already off the rails. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so we won last night. Let's go. <laughs> Probably, and I guess while we're on the topic of last night's win, I mean, really last night, I mean, honestly, if you're considering our star boy going down, then it's like we won, but at what star. cost type of thing. He's our star boy. For he, sure. he really is. Like, that, that's such a, That's such a good comparison, like. Trey and DeJounte, they're already established. You, they're not star boys. They're just stars. But we finally got a real star boy. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good way to put it. I honestly like that. I like that a lot, Jackson. But yeah, I mean, but last night, I mean, in all fairness, it was what I would consider what like I say with the consensus would be that was our first actually comfortable win of the season. One of those ones where you didn't really have to worry. Mm. There was really no pressure but it was just i wouldn't it, say it that. was pretty straightforward the hawks just came through and won are you saying that because it wasn't straightforward or because you think there was other ones that oh it was ex- it was extremely straightforward don't get me wrong okay. like like the first quarter was the only quarter where 
it was like, oh man, I wish we could pull away because it was four point lead, 12 point lead, like at halftime. Then it blew up to 30. Like it was very straightforward. Then we, we won by 28. Like the third, the fourth quarter wasn't even a concern. But if you remember like the first week or two of the season, like we beat the Bucks' ass, you know, Kobe Bufkin and, oh, Muhammad, yeah, Ma- and Muhammad Gay got some run. Um, there's one other game. It was the game right after. Uh, the Pelicans, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't as easy, but the Pelicans was like a 16 point win. Um, there's, there's another game where Gay and Buffkin got some run. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was, it was in that same sort of early stretch, but, oh, actually, yeah, the Timberwolves game was obviously not easy by any means, but we ended up winning that thing by like 20 damn near, which is kind of crazy. Um, anyway, but yeah, you're, you're completely right. And that, that was far and away, just a completely stressless game. Like, I, I don't know if there's a single moment in which the Wizards led because, I mean, we were up by 21 to 11 early in the like midway through the first quarter or something. And sure, the Wizards cut it to four by the end of the quarter. But I mean, it was a 30 point win. Trey Young masterclass. DeJounte didn't even play great, but he didn't have to. Like he did his thing. He had 10 assists and four steals. Um, Hunter, look, we we. We'll take credit. We'll take full credit for the Hawks Talks Jinx. Obviously, our last podcast was a lot of vitriol spewed at Hunter and Capella. And Hunter, in the three games since, uh, terrible against the Pacers. We're, we actually, we're definitely going to talk about the Pacers game. Sometimes when we podcast after like three games, we kind of ignore the first one. Uh, we're not ignoring the first one this time because the Pacers game was just uh, at a moment in history, I guess. Um, Hunter was terrible that game. But the last two games, he's been quite good. Um, and safe to say we're going to need for the next four to six weeks, we're going to need a lot more of the good hunter, not less of the bad hunter, because he is, uh, he's probably going to be getting a decent chunk of power forward minutes. And, um, we're, we're going to need some people to step up because Jalen Johnson was legitimately very important to, to, uh, to our success. I mean, you can look at the plus minus stats, the, the nerd stats, the advanced stats, even the counting stats show you, uh, we're going to need some guys to step up. So hunter, Probably Hunter and Sadiq Bay obviously be on the top of the list, but uh, yeah, yeah, I actually w- think that's like a really good segue into what I was going to ask you, and I, I want to go, I want to go ahead and talk about this before you know we start recapping stuff. But you know, with Jalen Johnson, not only is he one of our better players this season, he also does play a sizable amount of minutes, twenty five minutes a night. I think that's fair to say. I mean, how do we go about replacing those minutes? I mean, obviously, I think you slide Hunter over to the four, and you just kind of talked about that. But do you think someone gets introduced to the rotation to take up some of those minutes? Do you think they're just dispersed among among the guys we have now? Or what do you think happens there? Because so, you don't have to fill the minutes at the four with purely four minutes. I mean, you can slide Hunter over and then put somebody at the wing or something. But what would you do, Logan? Yeah, so the most, uh, I mean, the most likely scenario is Sadiq Bey is obviously going to start now. You're going you're gonna to have um, Trey, DeJounte, Hunter, Sadiq Bey, and Capella as your starting five. Um, you're going to run with that. We've already ran with that a couple games this season. Um, unfortunately it did not work as well as with the, uh, Jalen game starting, but we don't have a choice currently. So it's going to be what we're going to, it's what we're going to have to do is what it is. Um, I I'd say our depth is strong in terms of like decent, like playable rotation guards. Like, you know, uh, Wesley, uh, Wesley Matthews is playable. He's a guard slash, I guess, small, small forward. Garrison Matthews is a playable guy. He can, he can shoot the fucking ball. Like, that's what he can do. AJ Griffin, obviously. Trent Force is a decent little uh, guard that you know, he's never going to wow you, but he just plays good, solid, fundamental sort of stuff. We are kind of lacking in terms of forward depth. Um, that's kind of always been the case. It's, it's a big reason why we have an eight-man rotation. It's just like we got Hunter and we kind of got Wesley Matthews, and that's about it. 
Um, I don't think, I do not think that Bruno Fernando gets some sort of bump. Um, he's not, he's truly a center. He's not a, he's not a power forward at all. It's, it's sort of, we're going to have to tough it out, um, with, with, you know, the, the ultimate fact that, uh, with Muhammad Gay hurt and frankly, he would not be ready. Um, we're just going to have to be creative with our power forward minutes. And one of my, um, you know, one, one thing I'm sort of thinking about Jackson is I, I don't think they do this, but I, I, I think I'd, I think I'd bring, uh, Seth Lundy up to the like to the main squad. Now, obviously, I'm not saying he's gonna get hardly you know hardly any real run, but the truth is is that uh, Sadiq Bay is now gonna be a starting guy for at least the next five weeks or however long Jalen's out. Um, Sadiq Bay off the bench provided decent size, decent rebounding, and mostly shooting and spacing. Um, Sadiq Bay is a bit bigger than Seth Lundy. I think Seth Lundy's measured at like six five. And CP Bay is measured at like six seven, so that's you know a notable size difference. But the truth is, I think I think like uh, middle class Sadiq Bay is sort of Seth Lundy's realistic outcome. I, I I would not be opposed to giving him a little bit of run. Um, he's been playing really really well in the G League. Um, he's been shooting lights out. He's been playing some good decent defense. He's been rebounding. I think you give Sadiq or excuse me Seth Lundy a little bit of run. Obviously, just a couple of spot minutes here and there. See how it goes. And other than that, you're just going to have to be creative. You're going to have to stretch Hunter out to play this power forward a bit. You're going to have some smaller lineups. You're probably going to have a little bit of a Congo with the four. You're going to have a little bit more Bruno playing like a little bit more. You might have. I don't even know. It's 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 a tricky situation. Um, it's it's a, it's honestly like you obviously don't want anyone getting hurt. But of all the people to get hurt, you definitely did not want it to be one of our forwards. And but, you know. So be it. It's how it happens. So we're going to have to sort of, we're going to have to adjust. I'm not sure what they do. I don't think they make a trade or anything. I guess it's possible. They look at the free agent market and try and sign like a 10, 10 day guy or a vet men guy or something like that. But um, I'm not, I'm not sure. Jackson, what are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I don't think like, I know like as soon as it got announced, Jalen went down. I mean, you know how like the people who like, I mean, admittedly, I'm one of them. The people who like use the trade machine and all that, they're like, oh, Jalen Johnson's out for like all of December, basically. All right. Hawks can go after Siakam in this time period. So it's just I don't think something like that's <laughs> no, going to happen. No. Like I would I would say that the chances of a trade happening are close to zero. Like I don't feel like Jalen getting injured impacts that happening. I just don't feel like it will happen in all honesty. Um, I could see like the free agent market, but also like if we're being, you know, real about things like he's not out long enough for it to be like, all right, this is like a need that's going to be prolonged. I think in the short term, like I think it's pretty, pretty reasonable that at the absolute max to ha- we'll have Jalen back like mid mid January. Like I know you said like the wizards game was like January 15th or something. Like I feel like that's a reasonable, like, Oh, at max date, this one will be back. So I don't think you have to scour the free agent market. Um, just, I mean, just because bringing a new guy and everything so early into the season. And then you also run into the thing of, all right, uh, when Jalen gets back, what do we do with this person? And yeah, I just don't feel like it'd be worth it. I do think, you know, just being creative, figuring things out as far as how are we going to fill up uh, the minutes that Jalen Johnson provided at power forward, you know, about 25 minutes a night. I think the most logical thing is obviously, like you said, slide Hunter over Hunter will play the four city. Uh, I mean, Sadiq Bay is going to start Hunter will play some of the four as well, but also I really like your shot for Seth Lundy because I think the thing that, you know, 
I've noticed so far is that every time we've seen Seth Lundy ever since, you know, the Hawks drafted him, it seems been like really impressive. Like he was really impressive in summer league so far in the G league. He's been really impressive. Obviously this is the summer league and G league. So it's not something where it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. Call them to the roster. Start them tomorrow. Like, you know, gotta be real about things, but uh, I would like to see something like that. I think, I don't feel like they'll go with Bruno or anything just because I, I don't feel like Bruno provides what the Hawks are kind of going to be looking for with the minutes they're going to try and fill. Um, if it's an injury to like Capella or Kongu, then I think it's different. But yeah, I mean, I could definitely see, you know, minutes going to like Seth Lundy, even if they're just a few minutes a night to slowly try and see like, hey, what do we have here with him? Because, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, like you said, getting creative, trying new things. Um, but as far as that, I, I, I could see, you know, maybe Trent Forrest entering the rotation. We know Quinn really likes Trent Forrest. He's played him before the season, and, even with and, injuries. And he definitely likes using Trent Forrest, like not just as a point guard. He, he likes using him just sort of as a, like a guy that just isn't stupid. I don't know how else to put it. He's just a, he just likes being put, he, he likes putting Trent Forrest in the lineup when they just need a stable, not idiot. Like they just need somebody to like handle basketball decently, make, make the right read, make the occasional floater and play decent defense. So yeah, I think we definitely see some more Trent Forrest. Um, but obviously he, he's not, he's about as different of a skill set from, a player like Jalen Johnson as you can be, but like, we're just, you know, there's very few people like Jalen Johnson in the NBA. So we're going to have to, it's going to be a yeah, little if you're trying to look for somebody like a uh, Jalen Johnson. Uh, there's this guy on the Lakers. He, he's well known for his NBA career. If you know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> uh, LeBron James. Um, but yeah, I mean, beyond that, I could also maybe see, you know, Garrison Matthews getting more minutes. He's also another guy who's kind of in the same situation as Trent Forrest where Quinn, does seem to kind of like him because he's played recently despite no injuries. But I feel like the most realistic candidate to take up some of those 25 minutes tonight that have been now freed up is in those lineups where Hunter does slide out to the slide over to the four and Sadiq Bay is resting on the bench. I think obviously you could see, you know, I think the most likely candidate is AJ Griffin. He recently re-entered the rotation. I don't know if he played last night. I did not watch. He did. But um okay, he did. Yeah, he, he, I mean, he was out of the rotation for a minute and now he's back in it. So it's like, okay, all right. I feel like he's the most likely candidate to, you know, take over some of those 25 minutes tonight. You could do something where AJ plays either the two or the three, and then at the fours, Hunter, at the fours, Bay, whenever one yeah. of them is resting. And yeah. I feel like that makes the most sense and is also what is most likely to happen. Um, but, you know, I, I do feel like the Hawks do have options here. Um, it's just kind of what do I think is likely? I mean, we are, we are very lucky. I should say this, that, you know, Jalen's injury wasn't worse because I, I, I can't be the only one. As soon as I saw he got injured... I know we were all thinking the same thing. Yep, that's the season. Season's over. Chalk, call it a year. Good season. See y'all in the play-ins in May or whenever. But um, just thankful that Jalen, I mean, really won't be out for too, too long. Obviously, he's, he, he's he's our most fun player this year, man. Like, he really is. Like, he's energetic. He just brings, like, the good vibes. Everybody likes him. So, it's definitely going to suck to not have Jalen. But I don't feel like it's a doomsday scenario just because he's not out for too terribly long. But it's we'll definitely going to be see. interesting to see how the Hawks fill the void of not having Jalen Johnson because yeah, up until this point this season, I mean, he's hey, been our third best player. Like that's not a joke. It, that's not us just hyping him up. Like that's just how it like, is. If we think about it, it's just like we're going to be in the Nate McMillan era again. Jalen Johnson just won't be playing. <laughs> um, it sucks. It definitely sucks. But it's you know, fortunately, knocking on wood, I guess mm. it's they. It's a four to six week thing. It's a right. Uh, what is it called? The Vulsion something fracture. Um, basically, he broke his wrist. Um, you know, it's it's. I think it's a little uh, little sort of beam of light is that 
is not his dominant hand. It was his left hand. Um, you know, I, I don't see it affecting his shooting too bad, but I, I'm sure when he comes back, there'll be minute restrictions and there'll be some rust to shake off. But um, we're just going to have to really cross our fingers and hope that he heals up quickly. And then also hope when, that once he comes back, he gets right back into the form he was playing in because he is, you know, I mean, what are we, uh, 15 games in, I believe. I mean, he was just really, really impressive. And I mean, at least 12 or 13 of the games, he's been very consistent. Um, the shooting, again, it's not high volume, but it's been efficient. Um, I mean, honestly, extremely efficient. I, I think I, I can't even just call it efficient. It's been among the most efficient scores in the league. Um, it just sucks because, I mean, you can you can call me a homer or exaggeratory or whatever. Jalen Johnson was like a three or point, four point per game bump like uh, the next leap hopefully next year away from being a legitimate all-star <laughs> like if he if he bumps it up to 18 points seven rebounds three assists or and you know really good defense and highlights like that's to me with the two-way factor that's an all-star level player that's like one of the best forwards in the east but i uh, getting ahead of myself a bit i guess but i don't know jalen will uh we'll catch in about a month we will uh, heavily pray that uh, you heal up all right because he's been pretty much only consistently good and fun thing about the Hawks through these 15 games. But it's probably about time we start talking about the. I mean, the Wizards game. There's not even too much to talk about. It was belt to ass mode. So I guess we just talk about the Pacers and the Nets game, um, and sort of the the fallout from that because it's basically just been like it's it's been it's been a weird couple games, Jackson. It's been weird. All right, well, I know this will shock everyone, but before we get into it, you'll never guess what the Hawks did over a two-game stretch. They went one-and-one, 500 basketball, baby. Uh, I guess, you know, the most most entertaining one was by far the Pacers versus Hawks. Um, Well, it was entertaining if you like offense. If you are one of those people who wishes that the NBA would go back to play defense, uh, avert your eyes and cover your children's eyes, ladies and gentlemen, because this one was a 157-152 to barn burner. And regulation. In regulation, there was no overtime, no double overtime. They no quadruple. They put, up, <laughs> they put up 157 and 152 points in 48, 48 minutes of basketball. Oh Lord, it was it was it was a barn burner. Yeah, you, you got to take the reins on this one, Logan. This one was just a crazy game. I'll talk about the Nets game. You take the reins on this one. Yeah, I, I don't even know what you say. I mean. <sighs> I don't think the defense is actually that, that bad. I think it's bottom 10 in the league. I don't think it's bottom two in the league. I I, I don't think it's truly that terrible. Um, but, the, you know, the truth is the defense is obviously going to hold the team back to an extent. Some of it's schematic. Some of it's personnel. You know, we don't have really any elite defensive player. I think Jalen Johnson can get there. Trey's honestly been so much better on defense this year than we've seen ever. Uh, he's gotten a steal every game. He's like top 10 in steals. DeJounte, again, he gets his steals. He's not like a great lockdown guy, but he, you know, I'm not really going to hate on him. Hunter, we give him crap. He's okay. He's not amazing. Um, Sadiq Bey, not good. Clint Capella, legitimately hit or miss. I know um, I, I, I that may be kind of mean to, or I don't know, wrong to some people, but the truth is, is he's inconsistent on defense. Some nights it's, Wins us games, and some nights it's like he's useless out there. A Kongu hit or miss, but uh, I'd say just a little bit more effective generally than Capella. 
And basically nobody on the bench plays particularly good defense other than Wesley Matthews. Like Bogey, Bogey's been playing fucking fantastic this year. Like really, really good. I've been really impressed by Bogey. Um, but he's not out there for defense. He he gets some steals, but he's not out there to lock people down. Uh, AJ Griffin, probably the reason why he's not in the rotation is because his defense is bad. Who am I forgetting? You guys, anyway, you guys get the point. It's not a very talented defensive team, but I think they played worse than they should. It's it's lazy. It was it was, you know, we're by far the worst team at getting backdoor cut on. Um, and the truth is, is we should have just thrown junk defenses at Tyrese Halliburton about eight minutes before we finally did, because we we he got seven threes in a quarter against us, and that you just can't have that. We led by twenty at one point in the game, and we lost. That was bad. Tyrese Halliburton. Buddy Heald went six for six, I think, including basically the the winning shot. Um, that was bad. Buddy Heald like had an absolute legacy game against us and went, went right back to like having a pretty cold shooting season, at least by his standards. It's just bad, man. Like you just, it's a game you should have won. Like we really realistically could be looking at being three and zero in those last three games, um, but of course, didn't happen. Such is life, I guess. Um, I'm sure if you're you were an unbiased fan, that game was fun as hell to watch because I I mean that has to have been the highest scoring regulation game maybe ever or if not then in a very long time. Um, it just like. But if you were a Hawks fan, that was an annoying game. <laughs> let me, yeah, let me pull up the stats just because I'm I don't remember like the numbers and exactly who like played. I know Hallie had like 38 and Trey had 37. I mean, honestly, Trey and Hallie Burton dueling was fun for really anybody. Like, I don't care if you're a Hawks fan who lost a Pacers fan and won or just a neutral fan. Like seeing those two go at it, like was just genuine, like fun. That's why the NBA is the NBA, like the best in the world, just going at it. And then, uh, what wasn't fun for Hawks fan was the part where in the fourth quarter, the Hawks finally adjusted their defense to kind of force the pressure onto Hallie Burton in the backcourt. And, uh, he would just, hoof at the Buddy Hill and Buddy Hill will just hoof it at the damn rim and the guy shot like seven of eight so it was like okay nice dude yep. that's annoying <laughs> yeah so right the I, I got I got my memory back so the Pacers game Trey like you said dueled with Halliburton shot fantastic 38 points got some steals DeJounte had 28 points on 19 field goal attempts but kind of pissed people off with his decision to uh, I mean you know the, the like kind of Went for the quick two instead of passing out to Bogey or I think it was Trey or maybe it was Bay. I mean, it was 152 points. Pretty much everyone scored. Everyone scored, you know, some amount. Like Bogey had 26, but he was basically iced out in the second half. You know, the point is the game was almost a week ago, so it's hard to really, you know, care about it too much. But it's just one of those games where it's like you just needed to not have Halliburton Drop thirty-seven and sixteen on you, and but but he did. You, you just needed to not have Buddy Hield go six of six from three against you, but he did. Um, there's just really a lot of things that should have been done better uh, defensively, but that's life, I guess. Uh, that's sort of life as a Hawks fan, and the defense is gonna be bad for a while. Um, I don't know. It, it was admittedly fun. I just really wish somebody or something different would have been done about Halliburton earlier because he just. You just can't let a guy get that hot against you. Like, I know we call timeouts or whatever, but throw a junk defense at him. Because the truth is, Halliburton couldn't handle the junk defense we threw at him in the fourth quarter. He's not a good, he's not like an elite ball handler. He, for for whatever reason, he's like an elite shooter, considering that terrible form. He's an elite shooter, so power to him. 
and he's a great playmaker, but he's not that good of a ball handler. I we just need somebody that can really put on like an an annoying nuisance like level of ball pressure, but we don't have that. Um, I think that's one reason why I think Alex Caruso is going to be very popular guy that Hawks fans are going to want to trade for. Um, I guess we'll see if if that happens or if Caruso gets traded. Um, you know the Bulls are an absolutely terrible team, so you would hope for their sake they do, but you never know. Um, yeah, I mean the Pacers game. It's just annoying. And then honestly, the Nets game was basically Pacers game 2.0. We just happened to win this one. So um just just not not a banner week for defense for the Atlanta Hawks. I'm sure Quinn Snyder was having like part palpitations over his Thanksgiving holiday, thinking about the fact <laughs> the fact they got uh what what what's the quick math? Like basically 302 points scored on them in back-to-back nights with only one overtime period. Um, you know, you're talking eight and about a half quarters, 300 points scored against you. It's just, that's not good stuff. So, uh, it is what it is, but we won, uh, or excuse me, we lost the Pacers game, but I like accidentally immediately pivoted to the Nets game, but we, we did end up winning the next night against the Nets. Uh, so that, that, that was good. You know, we get eliminated from the, uh, from the in-season tournament. Our, our, our poor, our poor, our poor guys. Oh, they, apparently, we're not actually eliminated. It's just officially eliminated. It's just very unlikely that we make it. Now, like, we have to win the rest of the games that we have in it and have some stuff go our way. And it's one of those things where there's so much stuff that has to go our way. It's just easier to say eliminated. But to be official, we're not officially eliminated. So, I'll but thank, uh, yeah, thank it, God. it's over, is what I'm trying to say. I'll, I'll hold <laughs> but on to But at the same time, I'll, it's, uh, it's Jover. I'll, I'll hold on to that hope then. But yeah, anyway. Uh, Unless you have anything else to say about the Pacers game, I'm ready. I'm sorry, guys. Clearly, I'm out of practice. Um, I'm ready to move on to the Nets game, which was more of the same, but at least we won, so that was good. Yeah, I guess like this kind of goes hand in hand with both the Pacers and the Nets game. Like you look at those box scores, or you just watch the game, and you'll notice that Buddy Hield aside for a second, who just very. It's so typical that Buddy Hield, who's been like up until like against the Hawks, just like very streaky. He just suddenly gets hot. It's also funny because the Pacers were also on a back-to-back and the very next night while the Hawks were beating the Nets, the the Pacers played the Raptors and Buddy Hill completely just clanked a wide open shot to, to tie or win the game against the Raptors. So it's just like, oh, so you'll do it against us, but not them. So it's just one of those things where it's like, it just seems like role players, man. And Buddy Hill is one of the best shooters in the NBA. So he's not on the same level as... Uh, I don't know, Wayne Ellington, <laughs> Alec Burks, just uh. some notable Hawks names out there for people who just kill us from three. But it's still annoying that Buddy Hill just up until this point, he just decides to kill us. But uh, anyways, back to my point, um, kind of goes hand in hand Pacers next game. If you watch the game, then you'll know. It's like you have these big stat lines getting put up against us. And Tyrese Halliburton, obviously, he had a phenomenal game and like, it's honestly crazy because Halliburton was hitting some absolutely nutty shots. Like yeah. the guy pretty much, he is like one of the most weirdest looking jump shots in the league. And I mean, to be fair, it goes in. So it's like, all right, fair enough to be honest. Um, but man, it's just like Halliburton was straight up like pulling from 30 and hitting shots. And after like the first two, it's like, all right, th- this is getting kind of ridiculous. Like you're not, so, when you think about guys who can pull from 30, you're thinking Trey Young, you're thinking Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, you know, the usual suspects, not Tyrese Halliburton, but I mean, fair play to him. He hit him. And then against the Nets, it was, you know, different, but it was, you know, the Mikel Bridges, he just honestly fried us for about 48 minutes plus overtime. 
And my point is, is if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, me and Logan have said this a bunch of times where I'm going to sound like a broken record here. If you listen to it this off season, I know I really hammered home about this point. Once again, Logan, it's just like the Hawks do not have a real point of attack defender. Like they, there is not one on the roster. Like when we traded for DeJounte, I've said this also in the offseason. I think we were just too high on him in that aspect, which is fine. DeJounte is a good defender. He absolutely wreaks havoc off ball. He did it to Halle Burton a few times late into the game. I mean, you, we, you know, he, he's, his ability to, you know, play, make and make steals is really, it's just great, honestly, for DeJounte. But going back to that, it's like Jalen Johnson is a good defender, but, you know, also Jalen Johnson isn't somebody you want to rely on as your head point of attack defender. The Hawks need one, man. Like, they desperately need one. Like, it's not yeah. like something that, it's just one of the things I have on a wish list where I'm like, oh, I hope this happens. Like, this would be a nice little upgrade for us. Like, if there is one need the Hawks need that isn't a three and D superstar wing who created his own shot, of course, uh, it, it's a point of attack defender. So it's just like, this stuff's just going to happen, honestly. Like, you see it, like, we kind of talked about it on some recent podcasts where, like, yeah, if you're a guard who plays the Atlanta Hawks, you're going to have a great game of your career. And you don't know why, because we don't have anybody who can, you know, disrupt and defend these guys at the point of attack, make them work. And, Halliburton was just cooking us. There was nobody really there to, you know, be the point of attack defender, you know, whenever he does attack the basket or, you know, try and set stuff up in the perimeter or in the pick and roll, whatever. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, same thing. Um, it, we just need one, man. Like, there's nothing else much I could say. It's just if you're looking for somewhere to upgrade the Hawks, that's where it would be. I know uh, Grant Shirley had a tweet where he talked about Jonathan Isaac, which he does fill that role, but obviously, you know. Yeah, he's a bit expensive for a role player, which objectively is what he would be here for. Um, you mentioned Alex Caruso. He's another name like the Hawks next step for improving this team. And if we're doing something at the trade deadline that once again, isn't training for a three and D superstar wing who created his own shot uh, w- would be in fact getting some sort of point of attack defender. I've really hammered home about this. This I'm doing it again. We need one man, because if you don't have one, these type of games are just going to keep on happening. And like, all kudos to Trey Young because he's admittedly been playing like some of like the legit best defense of his career. Um, like random fun stat, like he is a steal in every single game this season. So shout out to Trey. I mean, he's definitely been doing a lot better. Uh, against the Pacers, honestly, I thought Trey had a really good defensive possession on in that last little sequence in the game before DeJounte missed the layup where Hallie Burton had him one on one and Trey ended up forcing the turnover. I mean, he got a bit lucky, but I mean, it's Trey Young. It's like if he forces a, a turnover, then. I'll take that. That's great defense. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I don't know. It's just that that's where the, that's simply what the Hawks need are these type of things are going to repeating. Just watching the games, it's so apparent that the Hawks don't have anybody who can disrupt the point of attack. Like Hunter is too slow on a guy like Hallie Burton and Mikel Bridges, which is cooking. Uh, DeJounte really isn't a point of attack defender. Jalen Johnson, um, he's probably your best fitting one, but I wouldn't say by any means he's great at it. And then besides that, you really don't have any candidates. So it's like, okay, well, tough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically trade deadline. That's where my focus will be heading if I'm uh, Landry at any point. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into the trade deadline stuff more like January probably. Um, I just <laughs> I just looked up the thing, uh, Alex Caruso, and, and I'm assuming it, it would have to be a, a Bulls publisher uh, uh, recommended. They trade Caruso to the Warriors for Jonathan Kaminga and a first, and then like two other young guys. I, oh if, no, dude! Bulls fans the, are like pretty high on his. They they legitimately if, want like two first round picks for him. If the price is anything other than like Sadiq Bay level price, then no, nah, I'm good. Like I'm not I'm not sending the Kings first. I'm not sending AJ Griffin. I'm not. I I'll send Seth Lundy. I guess I, you know, but 
I'm not sending. I'm not sending a first. Um, considering our situation with first, but you know, we'll get into that later, I guess. But I don't know. The Bulls fans, I, it's been a rough decade for them. I, I get it. They they gotta they gotta hold on to hope somewhere. But I would not hold on to hope on the fact that you get multiple first round level assets for uh, Alex Caruso. But hey, power to him. But yeah, I'm fully with you. The the lack of an actual legit like POA defender. Uh, clearly limits us um that and you know it, it, there, there's always ways you can improve the team but that's in general just the most obvious one you know may it could be it could be a small forward it could be you get some sort of small forward that is an absolute lockdown defender it could even be a guard like caruso where maybe he's not starting but if you have a uh not a drew holiday uh tyrese halliburton going nuclear on you all right Timeout, we're bringing in, you know, the bald wonder, Alex Caruso, and he's going to just be a pain in Tyrese Halliburton's ass for the next 10 minutes. You know, that may just be, we don't really have that option. Um, we don't even really have a Solomon Hill type where it's not like Solomon Hill was actually like a great defender, but he just was physical and like kind of an asshole. So we don't even have that. But yeah, uh, I, I definitely agree with you. And then the Nets game, there's not too much more to talk about. The only thing I really want to talk about that we haven't touched on yet is um, uh, you might you might be inclined to say that Trey Young is back or at least uh, quickly approaching truly being back. Jackson, um, the last couple games, he's been really, really good. I mean, I'll read out the, the stats right now just quickly. Uh, last night against the Wizards, plus 40 <laughs> in 30 minutes, uh, 9 to 17, 5 of 8 on 3. 10 assists, 2 steals, 26 points. All right, that's real good. Brooklyn, 43 points. Um, hit the clutch game-winning shot with like 15 seconds left. 2 steals, 9 assists, 8 of 16 from 3. Started 6 of 6 in the first quarter, then missed like the next 6 or 7, and then got hot again in overtime. Um, really the entire reason why we won in overtime. Um, 12 of 31 from the field is not great, but uh, I'm not really going to complain about a 43-point, uh, 8 of 16 from 3 game. And then, again, like you mentioned, against the Pacers, dueled it out with Tyrese Halpern, 38, three steals. Again, with the steals, I mean, seven steals his last three games. It's it's just, it's a legitimate factor in his game now. He is an actual, he's not a complete pile on a defense, and it's great to see. Five of eight from three, 13 to 17 from the field, a fantastic game. His, his three-point shooting has been so good over the last couple of games that his his three-point percent is, is actually legitimately respectable now. It's it's 36.4%, Jackson. He's shooting 36 from three. It, he's back. That's like exactly the number I expect. He's back. That's technically the second highest percentage of his career uh, behind only his uh, all-NBA season. Now, his overall field goal percentage is still quite bad, but, you know, we'll worry about that later. But, uh, yeah, I, I felt we had to at least spend a couple minutes talking about how good Trey's been. Lately, Hunter's been really good the past few games as well. So I guess sorry slightly to to Hunter, but Trey Young has been he's been back the last couple of games, and and we'll see if it continues against Boston tonight because you know we we play the Celtics without Drew or Porzingis, so we'll see how we'll see how he handles it. But Trey Young is Trey Young is looking back, Jackson. Yeah, I mean Trey Trey's been awesome these past couple of games. Like he had that awesome duel against Tyrese Halliburton, like two guys who are always mentioned, and like. Oh, who's the best point guard in the Eastern Conference? It's like, I mean, this year Trey Young has not been in those conversations just because he's been pretty underwhelming. And then against the Pacers, it's like a switch flipped almost, and Trey Young just went insane. He dueled with Halliburton. 
I mean, that was a crazy game. And then it's like the very next night, no, no, no rest, no nothing. It's like he takes on Mikael Bridges. It's funny that Mikael Bridges is the guy that Trey was out doing. He actually outscored Trey by two points. That just really hammers my point, man. We need some defenders on this team, specifically those at the point of attack. But um, yeah, I mean, straight up, I mean, Trey Young is just. I mean, he's been awesome these past few games. Like he's been shooting the ball so much better. Uh, the only like nitpicky thing I have was. I'm going to be honest, Logan. I was on the edge of my seat watching him shoot three throws at the end of the fourth quarter in overtime. I know the oh, man yeah. was gassed, so I'm not going to sit here and hold it against him. I'm not upset by any means. And, you know, we won the game, so it's whatever. But, man, seeing him miss those three throws, oh, we did had me nervous. Had we me did forget nervous. about that, but, it, you know, we'll we'll we'll, forget, we'll ignore that for right now. I, I guess we should say, like, another thing about the Nets game is, like, that's another one of those ones where the Hawks had, like, a big lead, and then it slowly goes away, slowly goes away, mm-hmm. and it's like a close game. So that was pretty annoying, but. Yeah, that yeah, th- those games are very similar. Those games are truly very similar. It was not, it was not fun in that aspect. But you know, one and one, we're, we're true Hawks fashion. We win one, we lose one. Um, legitimately fun games to watch because I'm not one of those guys that like when I watch basketball, I'm really excited to watch good, strong defense. No, I can appreciate it, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm there to watch the best offensive players in the world play. Um. And you got a lot of that these last couple of games, so that was that was definitely fun. Nets game was really just Trey versus Mikael Bridges, um, you know, with, with a little bit of you know a little bit of Dejounte and and Bogey, and uh, I don't even remember who else scored that much for the for the Nets. Honestly, it felt like it was just Mikael because especially down the stretch, like in the fourth quarter and overtime, it was just straight up <laughs> Trey Mikael, Trey Mikael, just trading buckets. It felt like nobody could get a stop, um, which is. Admittedly, that's the annoying part of this uh, no defense situation we have going on because it is just like, just get one stop and we're good. But, you know, that's how it goes, I guess. But it, it was a fun game. It was honestly a fun little Thanksgiving week of basketball. Uh, I admittedly, I did not live tweet much just because I was, you know, I had family over, but I did make sure to keep an eye on the TV. And I'm glad I did because it was a lot of very fun basketball. Just really wish we could have hung on to that. Um, that game against the Pacers, because that really was one we should have won. We were up by like 21 at one point, and like you knew the Pacers were offensively good enough to score and make make a comeback. But I thought we weren't going to cool down to the point where they like tied it or took the lead. And unfortunately, we did cool down that much. So that was that was that was a bit unfortunate. But it is what it is, Jackson. We'll have to move on eventually, and uh, we'll we'll be moving on straight to the Celtics tonight. So uh, we are podcasting literally. About an hour before tip off, so um, we will, you know, fingers crossed they can they can pull off a bit of a surprise because uh, you know, unsurprisingly, the NBA scheduled us to have a travel back to back against probably the most stacked team in the league. So you know that's fun. I, I appreciate that, Adam Silver. Just just give us a travel back to back in the middle of like a seven game road trip or some shit against the Celtics. Um, so you know that's that's fun. But I will say. Uh, we got a little, we got a little bit of a chance because Drew and Porzingis, two very important players for the Celtics, are out. So it's 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 going to be very important for our. Unfortunately, Jalen Johnson, I think, would eat if if he was playing, but it's going to be important for Capella to really feast on the boards, Congo uh, to take advantage because they got old man Al Horford and they got like Luke. Oh fuck, Luke Cornett's going to hit seven threes against this Jackson. I just realized, dude. I'm trying to get the TV. Once he hits three, I hits just realized. Three, no, I'm just saying. If I see Sam Hauser and Luke no. Nora on the court at the same time, I'm turning off the game. I've oh, been here no. before, but yeah, it's I mean, happening. 
It's going to happen. Oh, man. You just, yeah. But no, seriously, this is one of those games where it's like, they have Al Horford, all respect to the man. I know he had a great game recently, so like all the hype. He's not he's washed. 38 he's, he's, he's not yeah, washed he's by not. any he, means. He's just not a high volume. You know, he's he's old. He's an old man. He's going to have some moments of greatness and some moments of, you know, old manness. That's That's how it is. Yeah, and with that being said, like that's something that like Capella and Akongu really have to take advantage of. Like historically speaking, and I think we can all attest to this as Hawks fans, Clint Capella and Akongu are the exact type of centers that Al Horford would struggle with in Atlanta. So let's hope he can channel that once more. Um, I mean, obviously, like it'd be nice to win tonight, but really just going into this one with no expectations because if you don't expect anything, if something great happens, you're really excited. If something bad happens, it's like, oh well, at least I didn't expect anything. So. Go life advice for you, but yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see how things go. I mean, obviously, you know, both teams are kind of at a disadvantage. I mean, the best player on the entire court tonight, Jalen Johnson, is not playing. Um, but I mean, the Celtics they also have you know some role players out this guy, Chris Seth, Brzingis, Drew Holiday. So, I mean, they're not Jalen Johnson, but I mean, they're important players to the Celtics, to be fair. Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how this one goes tonight. Um, I mean, let's let's give a prediction, Logan. We did that for the little three games fan, and I will say you were right to be. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was not a hundred percent right. I, I I said we'd beat the Pacers, lose in Nets. So I was wrong there. Uh, you you did say three and zero though. So you know. I did say three and zero, and I was hopeful. And honestly, if this team knew how to maintain when they get up by twenty plus points, I would be correct. But no, here we are. Anyway, um, look, you don't have to play shutdown defense. You just have to maintain on offense. If you ask me to like, in my heart of hearts, am I super confident against the Celtics? No, I've I've not been confident against the Celtics in a long time. They just, they are a very talented team. Even with their injuries, our injury also really hurts. It sucks. Um, but whatever, you know, why not, why not predict a win? Worst case, uh, you know, worst cases I'm wrong. Best cases I'm right and we win and I'll be very happy. So I will predict a impressive, gritty win by the Hawks. Uh, maybe like 120 to 109 sort of deal. Um the Celtics are really, they really need Porzingis and what he provides. They really also kind of need Drew for his playmaking and his defense. You know, they don't have Marcus Smart. They don't have Robert Williams. They they got a very different looking lineup now. It's going to just be, can you, you know, Tatum's going to get his. Jalen Brown is going to get his. It's about whether or not it's particularly efficient with Jalen Brown. It's going to be, can you not let. Hauser and Cornette and Pritchard, basically their bench of white guys. Can you not let them go nuclear? Um, because Tatum's Jason Tatum, he's going to do his thing. Jalen Brown, generally good for at least 20 points. Just, just try and keep, you know, damage control with the role players, which is always our fear, but we'll have to see how it goes. So I will be optimistic and predict a win. Um, and if I'm wrong, then so be it. I'd, I'd, I'd rather go down with the ship than, then, you know, be a mutinous podcaster against the ship. So anyway, Jackson, what are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling a win tonight. You know, I, I'm going to go, uh, let's see here, 107 Hawks, uh, 102 Celtics. I, I think there's some Sunday jitters, if you know what I mean. You know, you know, a bit of a, I don't. a bit of a weird, you know, a bit of a weird day to play basketball in, in my opinion. But uh, that's what I'm feeling. Sunday today. at 6 p.m. too. Like what? Yeah, I, I mean, jeez, it's bizarre, what? just truly bizarre. Your church service before this one, I mean, jeez, six p.m. <laughs> people, come on now. I mean, couldn't make it seven, couldn't make it earlier in the day, but yeah, I mean, do I feel confident? Eh. 
Not really, but that's because the Celtics are objectively like, the best team on the league in, on paper. But also at the same time, like it's the Hawks. Like, come on now. Like, they're, they're I the, have faith in us to pull us off. The Celtics are the best team in the league on paper. The Hawks are the best team in the world on paper. That's what we're talking yeah, see, about. That's true. Also, like if you're comparing accolades, like yeah, you could point out like the 17 or so NBA championships the Celtics have, but also. I don't think the Celtics have ever won the play-ins, and I don't think they're actually back-to-back playing champions like we are. So, I, I, just something I, to consider. I don't even know how good they're doing in the in-season tournament. I'm not even sure. I'm sure. well, we're not eliminated yet, so it's not actually it's not the worst for us. I mean, officially speaking, yeah, we're, we should it's be tonight? good. No, it's not. Okay, I was, th- I was thinking if tonight might be one, but yeah, the in-season tournament, uh, a lot of praise for it. But I'm going to be honest, man, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I don't dislike it. It just I only it's dislike just courts. Like that's my only issue I have yeah. with it. Like it's just regular season games. Like if I don't understand, like like if you want to make special courts for it, cool. Why are the courts like different colors other than this wood? Like what what are we doing here? Like I, I don't need a court to be oh exotic blue all over and then have like an in season tournament logo. Like keep the in season tournament logo and then just keep the damn wood. Like I don't understand yeah. that only issue I have with it. Like it's very annoying to watch. Yeah, I mean. It's fine. The Hawks isn't bad, to be fair, by any means. It, 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 the real test will be how good are the, uh, the like, I don't know what you call them, the actual, like, tournament games, like the games that decide who the wins. The knockout. Yeah. The knockouts. We'll see how good that, if that basketball is, like, really good, then I think the tournament's a win. Like, play-in game basketball is generally very good. Like, the play-in tournament, it's, it's been quite good. Um, so, if the NCAA tournament. playoff-level basketball, which is, like, the NBA inspires for everything to be. Yeah, yeah, which obviously makes sense. But if the play-in tournament's on a similar level, then I think that's a great thing. Look, I feel like we, as people, are like, well, do they really care about $500,000? And the answer apparently is yes, but it makes sense they're in Vegas. All those players are going to win it and immediately go and blow it on the craps table or something, Um, which that's their right to do, man. They're in Vegas, right? They're throwing up parlays on Fandle. (laughs) I, I hope not. I don't. I, we don't need any suspensions. There's already enough of the uh, sports gambling monopoly. Not even monopoly, but just, just. Oh yeah, that Rockets tweet was nasty. Uh, oh, you know uh, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Dude. Well, the industry is over, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I, I d- just in case, if you thought sports could get any more soulless, they have. Yeah, I just, I just don't. Uh, it's gross. It's gross. But we, we, we don't need to wax party. And just so it's clear, I'm not saying anyone that's listening that's gambling is gross. I'm saying the fact that the league is aligning themselves with gambling. I think that's the gross part. Yeah. And if you're a gambling and sponsor who wants to give us money to promote you, yeah, we are also are not saying you're gross. Okay. And okay. we are well, open I was, to I was, a, I was a literally, I was, collaboration. I, you know, yeah, just I was about to say something and contradicted that. So just ignore me. Uh, anyway, um, Jackson, do we have anything else to talk about? I'm, I'm not really. I'm not really sure. You know, uh, go Hawks tonight. Uh, I I, okay, I don't I don't like the Celtics. I hope we win. But oh, it, what I was gonna I was actually never gonna ask you something. It's um, never easy. It's kind of like a weird number, but we're 15 games in the season, Logan. What's the main thing from these 15 games about the Hawks this year that surprised you? Uh, Jalen Johnson is the best basketball player in the world. I feel like Jalen Johnson's emergence would be my answer as well. Because like I thought he was going to be good. I didn't think he was going to be this good, you know? like We talk yeah, about yeah, every yeah. episode, so I need to make sure we did it again today. I knew he was going to be a good, solid player, but like he's legitimately playing at like a really high level. Like It really is unfortunate that he went down. Like, I'm like, it cannot I'm, be stated. Like, I, I am basketball so, is worse off from it. I'm so serious. He's what? Like a four or five point per game 
leap away from being like an all-star level player. Like I really don't think I'm wrong oh, yeah, no, that. He, honestly, so. like if we upped his usage, like I think we could just, you know, astroturf him into the all-star game this year. Like I really <laughs> still like turf him. <laughs> like looking into the future, I, I see I see all-star game bursts in Jalen Johnson's future. All right. I'm just saying. Yeah. As as, as the residential Hawks clairvoyant. Yeah. I would agree. That's the that's the biggest surprise. Nothing else is really surprising. Like Trey Young stu- struggling with his shooting early in the season isn't surprising. It's happened before. Dejounte, I guess Dejounte was surprisingly good. Um, not to be like me, but just like he was our best player for the first ten or so games there, um, which is great. Now, obviously, now I'd say on the season, I think I'd give Trey that that title back just because Trey's been so dominant last few games that I want to give him some love. Um, but still, a big fan of Dejounte. Still love what he's been able to do. Um, Let's see what else. Nothing too surprising. I mean, I guess I'm a little. I'm. I will say I'm a little bit surprised that Capella's slowing down a bit. Um, we don't need to harp on it again because we spent a lot of the last podcast on it. But through the 15 game check in, I'm a bit surprised that Capella. You know, he's just objectively taking a step back in terms of rebounding. Like he just objectively has. It is what it is. Um, you know, but. Um, yeah, that, that's only real surprise. I guess I'm a little surprised that uh, Congo hasn't taken another step forward. But again, we can save these sort of conversations for le- later. But uh, I don't know, Jackson. I, uh, I'm i not sure if you agree with any of that or you have anything of, of your own. But not too surprising. Not too surprising of a first 15 games. I would say whole. another one for me, and this was something I talked about recently, is how good DeJounte's been shooting the ball this year. That's, like, that's the only other thing that comes to mind. Like, like DeJounte, before he came to Atlanta, was like, like pretty close to being a non-shooter, like not on the level of like Ben Simmons, where it's like, I'll just leave him open. But like, you know, if DeJounte with San Antonio takes a shot, it's like, oh, whatever. Like DeJounte is legitimate, like a three-point threat now. So that's also been pretty surprising. Like he made like legitimate gains last season. But this year he's just like up to another level. Like yeah, I don't I'm not saying that it's gonna stay around over the course of an entire season, but so far it's been like very impressive to see. Like you can tell that DeJounte is still very much putting work into his game to get better. And you know. That's why we love him, man. That's that's why he's my favorite player, man. I mean, come on now. Um, and he yeah, picked that, a good that's thing. That's about it for me. He, he picked a good thing to improve on. Yeah, yeah. I, I think a 15-game check-in, we're about where I, I thought we'd be. As always, you know, there's games that we, you know, we're, we're very close. We could have been like a 11 and four team or something or a 10 and five team. Here we are, eight and seven. It is what it is, but. Uh, we're just going to hunt, you know, the next 15 games will be very interesting because they're probably going to be all without Jalen Johnson. So we're just going to have to see how they go because it's either going to be really rough or we're going to be able to sort of stay afloat and it'll be a really good omen for the rest of the season. I think we can stay afloat without Jalen Johnson. But uh, with that, I, I don't know if I have anything else to talk about, Jackson. Yeah, I'm out of things as well. I really don't have anything else to say. So I guess on that note, just want to say thank you to everyone for listening. We appreciate you rocking with us as always. Uh, hope you had a good holidays. Of course, you know, always good to celebrate Thanksgiving. If you do celebrate, if not, hope you had a good week. Hey, there you go. And, uh, you know, rolling into this next holiday season, nothing better to stock, the st- wait, to get a stocking stuffer with than uh, a Hawks Hawks Patreon subscription. Link in the description. Twitter link's also in the description. But uh, that'll about do it for us today, man. Just want to say go Hawks as always. Appreciate y'all for listening and rocking with us. And uh, we'll be back soon. As always, love you. Goodbye.